All right. Good to see you guys. Thankful we could be together. Man, I tell you what, it warms my heart to see this room full again. Um, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Praise God. I was visiting somebody this week, and I, I said, you know what? I just miss seeing people, which is weird because I'm more introverted. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, I miss seeing my church family. Like, I miss seeing this family. I haven't seen them forever. Um, and uh, so good just to be together. And, of course, we miss those who, are, who can't be with us for whatever reason. Um, but uh, it's something about hearing voices, seeing the Lord's praise together, which is just, it's a sweet thing. So, so glad to see you guys here. And if you're new with us, thank you so much for, for being with us. We're glad you're here. Um, if you got your Bible with you, please open up to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Have any of you ever uh, put together a model car or a model plane or something like that? Anybody? Raise your hand. I'm just curious how many people we have in here. Okay, sweet. A lot of you. That's awesome. Well, the past few months with kind of the extra time we've had at home and stuff, one of the ways we spent time together uh, as a family with, with my kids has been building model cars together. And uh, I didn't grow up as a car guy, but uh, I've been learning a lot about cars just doing this. And I had some pictures to show you, but I will describe instead. But uh, we, uh, so far, Jackson and I put together a 57 Ford Gasser. Do any of you guys know what that is? Okay, cool. Um, a 69 Chevy Yenko. And... Josiah and I put together a 57 Chevy Black Widow, which is pretty cool. And then Grace and I are just finishing up um, putting together a 69 Shelby convertible, which is fun. Yeah, and of course, we're going to paint it hot pink. So it's, it's going to be cool. Uh, some of you probably remember those cars. I'm curious, have any of you ever driven any of those cars? Anybody? Some of you? Okay. Awesome. Um, well, when you first open a model car kit, one of the things you see right off the bat is there are a lot of parts. <laughs> There's a lot of tiny little parts that go into building a car, a model car and a car. And, and some of these parts are, are, are big. They're easy to see from the outside. And some of these parts are really small and they're hard to see. And honestly, they're under the hood. They're under the engine. You can't even really see them. But... Uh, all of the parts go in a particular place, a very particular place, and have a particular purpose to enhance the entire vehicle. And as I was gluing some of these car parts together last week, you know, I thought to myself that the parts of the car really are just like the church. God has brought together a lot of parts, a lot of people who trust in Jesus. And God has given each of these parts, each of these people, unique gifts to serve the body of Christ, to enhance the body of Christ. In Romans 12, three to eight, the apostle Paul wrote, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, 
in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes, in generosity. The one who leads, with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy, with cheerfulness. And now, today in Paul's letter to the Christians in Ephesus, we, he's going to continue to tell them and us what each of us can do with our gifts to maintain the unity of Jesus' church. And we're going to see that God has given each, each of us diverse gifts that he wants us to use to strengthen his church, to make it stronger, and to mature his church here at Cedar Home, but also the kingdom of God all the way around the globe. And so let's take a look now at today's passage. Um, we're going to read the whole section of Ephesians 4, 1 to 16. And um, I don't think it'll be on the screen today. So listen carefully, or if you have your Bible, go ahead and follow along. I'm reading from the ESV version today. Paul writes, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, in the past few weeks, we, we already looked at verses 1 to 6. So today, we're going to camp out on verses 7 to 16. And here in verses 7 to 16, Paul explains five things to us about how Jesus uses our diverse gifts that he's given us to build up his body. Five things, okay? First, Jesus gave gifts to each one of us in his body. 
Jesus gave gifts to each of us in his body. So here in verses 7 to 10, it says that after Jesus was buried in the earth, after he died and was buried in the earth, after he rose from the dead physically three days later, uh, after he spent 40 days talking to and encouraging his disciples, after he ascended, uh, or after he did all that, he ascended physically into the sky. And it says he, he did this, he ascended above the highest heavens into heaven itself to return to his heavenly throne. Now, in ancient times, after a king was victorious in battle, say a king had gone with the troops to go to battle, after, and if he was victorious, he, he would return to his city afterward, and the citizens of the city, as they saw the king and all the soldiers approaching, <clears throat> they would run out to celebrate him. And they would sing his praises as he entered the city. And, and as the king came in and entered the city in this kind of victory parade, he would often uh, bring with him, trailing behind him, his enemies, his captives who he had defeated in battle and tied up and brought back as slaves. And, and sometimes the king would even hand out to the crowd gifts or some of the treasures that he'd taken from those nations, those people that he had defeated. And so here, Paul quotes 68, uh, Psalm 68, verse 18, uh, to tell us that this Psalm 68 is pointing, which was written hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus came to earth, is pointing forward to the ultimate victory of Jesus Christ that he won in his death and resurrection. Okay? So it's telling us, Paul, Paul is saying here that after Jesus defeated sin and Satan and hell and death on the cross and by rising again, the king, Jesus, returned to his heavenly city, his heavenly throne. And as Jesus ascended, he led a host, it says, a lot of spiritual captives who were more than likely demonic authorities, demonic spirits that he had defeated and that he enslaved on the cross, okay? These, these were he, the people that, or excuse me, the spirits that he defeated. Now, also part of this victory parade, you can just imagine the believers passed and the angels welcoming Jesus back into heaven. As Jesus came, he graciously gave gifts. The interesting thing it says, though, is he didn't give them to the angels or to the people who were in heaven as though they needed more gifts. He gave them to the church, specifically the church on earth where we would use these gifts, okay? And verse 7, it says that, it, depending on the translation you have, it's, it says it a little differently. Verse 7 in the ESV says that uh, grace, that's the actual Greek word here, grace was given to whom? To each one of us who believes, right? Each one of us, according to God's wisdom, according to his will. And it's specifically describing here grace as, um, or, or which can also mean gift, as ministry grace. It's not talking about saving grace, okay? It's talking about the gifts that Jesus has given us to use to serve his body, to serve his church, to serve his kingdom. And Jesus has given each of you, Christians, unique gifts for the building up of his body. Isn't that cool? 
that in diversity, there's a diversity of gifts, and he uses it for one purpose, for the purpose of unity and building up and strengthening his body. That includes you, kids. That includes you, teenagers. That includes you, young people. It includes people of all ages. God has given you gifts to use right now for his glory in the church and in this world. And according to the New Testament, some of the gifts uh, Jesus distributed among all of us include administration, the gift of administration, discernment, evangelism, exhortation, faith, giving, healing, helping, hospitality, knowledge, leadership, mercy, prophecy, serving, speaking in tongues, teaching, and wisdom. Now that's not an exhaustive list, right? But those are some of the lists listed, uh, some of those gifts listed in the New Testament. And it's important to know God has given you many other gifts too to serve his church. So if, you know, um, if you're not thinking, well, I'm not trying, if you're thinking, I don't know if I have any on that list. Listen, God has given you a lot of gifts and he's very purposeful and he saved you on purpose. And it's because he loves you and he wants to use you for his glory. And so the first thing that Paul tells us here is that Jesus gave gifts to each of us in his body. Second, Paul tells us why he did this, why Jesus gave gifts to each of us in his body. Verses 11 to 12 say, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. So the reason that Jesus gave believers gifts was so that we would use our gifts to build up the body of Christ, to build up his body, his people, his church. And so God wants you to play your part in this body, to build this body up stronger, to build it together in unity, and to build it up with encouragement and with the love of Christ. Now, <clears throat> if you've ever had a serious accident or a major surgery that incapacitated part of your body, then you know that it's very important to do physical therapy afterward. And some of you have spent a lot of time in physical therapy, right? Because when you stop using any part of your body for several weeks, what happens? your muscles begin to atrophy, right? You, you actually lose muscle mass very quickly and you can become very weak, surprisingly fast. And so what you have to do is you have to start using these muscles gradually again in order to strengthen those muscles and those body parts so that your body can work the way it's supposed to. Not just that part, but your whole body can work the way it's supposed to. In a, same, a similar way, if we stay inactive in our faith, uh, if we are inactive in serving others with the gifts God has given to us, then what happens, our faith grows weaker, right? And, and we begin to drift away from intimacy with God. We begin to drift away with, uh, from intimacy with God's people and, and, and we will not help build up the body of Christ because we're not using those gifts that God gave us. So it means we can't just lie down 
with our faith in the Lord Jesus and not put our faith to work. In order to grow in our own faith and in order to build up Jesus' body, we must actively, each of us, use our gifts to serve the Lord and to serve the body. Now, there are, as you know, many difficult things, many stressful things going on in our world right now, right? And we, as the body, we in Christ, can either allow everything going on to distract us from Jesus' mission, or we can see this difficult time as a unique God-given opportunity to use our gifts to build up God's kingdom in new and exciting ways, right? So I pray for all of us and for Christ's body around the world that, man, the Holy Spirit would empower us during this time with a zeal for him and a zeal for service so that Christ would shine brightly through us in the darkness right now. That's, that's my prayer for us and that the church actually might be purified and grow stronger together through this difficult time. Um, now notice here, it's interesting um, in these verses how God uses his word, scripture, both to guide and to fuel our service to his body. Okay? He uses scripture. It says, God gave scripture proclaiming leaders to the church in order to equip and encourage the parts with God's word, his instructions. So the apostles, the the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, these were leadership positions in the early church. And what were they primarily, what's the common thread here between these positions? They all proclaimed and explained and applied the word of God. That's what they, they did, both in public settings and in private settings, personal counseling settings. And so what God did is, is rather than just putting a few people in place to, to serve the church, a few people to, to reach out to the world. What God did in his sovereign wisdom is, is he, he gave gifts to the church. He put some leaders in place specifically with the job of proclaiming the word of God to all the members of the body so that you would be encouraged and equipped and serve the church with the gifts God's given you so that he would through you advance his kingdom on earth, right? That's exciting. <laughs> This is, the church is God's game plan, right? To reach the world through the gospel. And so um, the apostle Paul says then that this is why Jesus gave gifts to each of us in his body, that we would use our gifts to build it up. Third, Paul tells us what we are striving to attain together as we do this. What we're striving to attain together as we serve Jesus' body with our gifts. Verse 13 says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay. So, so each of us... Um, as each one of us uses our unique gifts to serve Jesus' body, the four things that we're striving to attain are 
unity of the faith, unity of the knowledge of the Son of God, mature manhood, and the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So what this means, the big picture, what are we talking about here? Jesus' goal for us as his body, as his church, is maturity. Maturity. And using the analogy here, Jesus wants to grow us together into a godly man. He doesn't want us to stay an immature little boy. And what is the measure of the mature manhood that Jesus wants for us? What does that look like to be a mature man? Jesus. Jesus himself is the perfect, mature, holy, complete, and full God-man who is our model. He is the image which we as a church aspire to be together. He's the image, the picture of maturity, the embodiment of maturity. And so what that means is then is as, as individual Christians, we want to use the gifts God's given us so that we look more and more like Jesus in our own lives. And as a church family, together we want to use our gifts together, our ministry, our, our, our passions together to serve the body so that we look more and more like Jesus because that's what proclaims the glory of Jesus to the heavens and to the earth is Jesus. And so um, we know this, that this is not a call to, <sighs> using our gifts is, is a, a thing to be excited about. It's a thing to be joyful about. This is a gift of grace from the Lord. Jesus is perfect and Jesus is perfectly joyful. And that's really exciting because if he's the image that he wants us to be like, that's an exciting thing. God wants us to be perfectly joyful in him. And so the way that we'll be that way, the way that we'll continue to grow more perfectly joyful in the Lord is by becoming more like him, is by becoming more like him in our hearts, in our spirits, in our wills, and in the way that we love and serve one another. And that doesn't mean that it's always easy to serve one. No, 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 that's not what we're talking about. But it means that just as Jesus said for the joy set before him, Jesus went to the cross. So also in the refining process and in the sanctification opportunities we have in this life, which are often difficult, and in the ways that we use our gifts together, working with teams, which often is difficult, Jesus is, is refining us and making us more like him as long as we keep seeking his spirit and putting first the kingdom of God, right? And so um, it's interesting that, that, uh, that, that Paul says we're trying to attain unity, right? Because um, our unity in Jesus as a church is, is both a reality that we've already attained spiritually and it's also something we've not yet realized and completed this side of heaven, and so as we grow closer to Jesus by his word, as we're doing this individually and together, as we're learning to know Jesus more personally, as we're learning to trust him and his word more and more, as we're seeking to serve him with our lives, with the gifts he's given us, we will increasingly bring to earthly reality the unity that Jesus has already given us spiritually. Okay? So we are, in many ways, it's the same way with our sanctification. 
We are sanctified in one sense in God's sight right now. But in this life, we are leaning into and pursuing the status that Jesus has already given us spiritually. Okay? Um, and so this is what we are striving to attain together, maturity, as we serve Jesus' body with our gifts. Fourth, we, uh, we read what will happen to our body if we stay immature. Paul says this is what's going to happen if you stay immature. Verse 14 says, So that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. So not to mature as Christ's body means not to grow. It means to stay immature. It means to atrophy. Uh, It means that instead of increasingly growing in the love of Jesus and increasingly uh, displaying the love of Jesus and displaying the fruit of the Holy Spirit, our body will increasingly deteriorate if we do not mature in Christ. We will not display love. We will display hatred. We will not display joy, but misery. We will not display peace, but discord. We will not display kindness, but meanness, harshness. Uh, We will not display goodness, but evil. We will not display faithfulness, but betrayal. We will not display gentleness, but, but again, harshness, meanness, abrasiveness. We will not display self-controlled lives, but lives that are controlled by our flesh. And that is the very opposite of what God wants for us, right? Um, God doesn't want us as a body to remain immature in our faith, immature in our service for him, immature in our witness to the world. But if we disobey the Lord, if we disobey the Lord's will, if we, if we choose the path of distancing ourselves from God's word, if we refuse to build up his body, if we refuse to use our gifts to serve his body, then together as his body, we will be tossed to and fro by the waves of this world and we will be carried about by the forces of the world around us. And specifically, it says we'll be tossed about by three things, right? Uh, We'll be tossed about by every wind of doctrine, which means we'll be tossed about by every new spiritual teaching that comes our way. We will never be content with the gospel and the truth of the word. We'll be looking for something more, some new truth, some deeper way to interpret the Bible that we've been missing for 2,000 years, okay? Um, uh, We'll be tossed about by human cunning, that's what Paul says, which means we'll be tossed about by the twisted and um, the twisted motives, the twisted plans of men, Okay? Um, And then third, we will be tossed about by craftiness and deceitful schemes, which refers to the deceitful ways that wicked people will attempt to create havoc in the body of Christ, okay? So those are three things that will toss us around if we stay immature. And the immature church cannot overpower these things. By willfully not exercising the gifts that Jesus has given us, According to his word and by his grace, the immature body does not have the muscle of God to restrain these evil forces. And so we as individuals, Christians, and we as one body here at Cedar Home and as Jesus' larger church around the world, we got to continue to exercise faith 
in Jesus. That's how you build up muscle, by exercising. So we gotta continue to exercise our faith in Jesus together. Uh, We gotta continue to exercise our gifts to serve one another. And we've gotta do all this by, by being empowered and equipped by the Spirit of God through the reading and proclamation of Scripture. Through the reading, proclamation, application of the good news of Jesus Christ and all of his word. That's how God equips his people, okay? Um, Praise God. And then fifth, Christ grows us into him as we speak his truth, spread his love, and serve with the gifts he's given to us, okay? So Christ grows us into him as we speak his truth, spread his love, and serve with the gifts he's given us. Uh, In verses 15 to 16 here in Ephesians 4, Paul says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in what? In love. So again here, we have another already, not yet reality, okay? As, as we speak the truth, specifically the truth of God's word, and as we do that in love and with kindness to encourage one another in Christ, we are to grow up into Christ, who is the head, our head, the head of the body. So spiritually, we who trust in Christ are already grown up into him, right? Because he's united us to himself spiritually. But as his body on this side of heaven, we are still growing up into him. (laughs) We are uh, continuing to mature, continuing to have our muscles built up, continuing to be strengthened, and continuing to connect with the Lord through Jesus in the way that he desires. I think... One of the big takeaways for this passage that the Lord wants for you to know is each one of you are valuable. Each part of the body is valuable. And when each of you are equipped by the word of God and unleashed by the word of God and inspired uh, by the spirit of Jesus to use your gifts and use them um, properly, it says, to love to serve his body, to reach the lost in this world with the gifts he's given you, then you are doing your part. You are helping the church connect to God more intimately. You are um, helping build our body into a more loving body, a godly body, a mature man that God desires for us. His one new man, right, that we've read about. He doesn't want the one new man to be a weak, immature man but a strong, mature man. Now, an interesting question is this. What does this look like practically, right? What does it look like to use your gifts to serve the body of Christ during this strange COVID time? Uh, Now, I don't have all the answers, but I do think that God has given us here an incredible opportunity to get creative as his body and to do ministry in ways we've never done it to reach people we've never reached before. And I think that's happening not only as one corporate body here as we do events or whatever, but also where you're at, your workplace, the people you're talking to, your neighbors. Life looks so strange uh, for us right now, and God is going to give us unique opportunities to reach people. Um, 
Now, I could, uh, um, I'm actually meeting with the elders to talk more about this this week, but what I, just from what I know, I could definitely see our church doing a lot more discipleship in smaller groups uh, than we've typically done them. Um, may, so, for instance, maybe you invite a few people from church or or elsewhere to, to read a book of the Bible together, and maybe you uh, meet together once a week on Zoom and just have a one-hour Bible study, or maybe you go get coffee and do that. Uh, or maybe you, you just have friends, and maybe you're going through suffering right now, and you, you know, pick a book on suffering, maybe from our church website, and you go through it with a few friends uh, who you can encourage uh, during this time. Um, one of the things I was talking to Jana this morning that we really miss is just praying, praying together. Um, and so what does that look like in this season? Well, maybe you and a few other people schedule a weekly in-person or Zoom prayer meeting for 30 to 60 minutes. Uh, we have a lot of people going through trials right now in our church, including many of you, and we've got to pray for one another in our church. That's where the power comes from is, is through prayer. Um, maybe you have the gift of hospitality and, and maybe you set a goal to invite one or two families over a month um, to encourage them and, and to have fellowship together. Or maybe you have what the Bible calls the gift of helps and, and maybe you're going to help people going through difficult job situations. Maybe you're, you're going to help people who are looking for housing right now, people who are moving out and moving in and your job, God's going to use you to bring, come alongside them and encourage them. Um, I talked to someone last week who, who's going to use this opportunity to start a Bible study on his street for Christians and non-Christians, just felt led to do something new. And I'm like, that's, that's awesome because <clears throat> there is no doubt that uh, we are all being faced with stuff in our face right now that we have not been faced with in this way in a long time. Uh, non-believers specifically facing the reality and fear of death and trying to um, preserve life at all costs. This is a unique opportunity for the church to say, why, why are we not as scared about death as the watching world? Why, what is this hope that we really have? And what is this hope grounded in? And why is this more than just wishful thinking for us, right? Um, you know, however God leads us to do church together this fall, this is what I'm thinking. Let's, I think the word's telling us, let's not let our service fall by the wayside. Let's not let our, our prayer lives and praying together fall by the wayside and, and our opportunities to fellowship in different ways fall by the wayside. Um, I also encourage you as, an, as individual members of the body not to wait until someone else starts a big church program where you can be fed, okay? You are part of the priesthood of believers. So instead, you know, if you have a new idea of what discipleship could look like for you and some people during this time and you've got questions, bounce it off of, of the elders, bounce it off the staff. More than likely, we'd be glad to equip you and help get the word out about your ministry or fellowship idea. And you know what? Some ideas may flop, and some ideas may take off. We got to just try stuff. And it's an exciting time to be the church and to live with hope during this time. Um, also, in our church membership packet, which you can read either, you can get a copy in the lobby or it's online on our website. There is a page that lists a lot of different ways you can serve the body of Christ here at Cedar Home if you want ideas there. 
And then the, the last thing practically I'd want to add here is uh, there is a test. It's, it's not a scary test. It's more of an evaluation, that uh, self-evaluation that I've used with teenagers and adults through the years called the SHAPE test. And it's kind of fun. I encourage you to do that if, if you've never done it before. It's free. It's online. Um, and this is what SHAPE stands for. It stands for spiritual gifts, uh, heart or your passions. It stands for A for abilities. Uh, P is your personality. And E is your experiences. And it kind of helps you evaluate all these things and take that information so that you can pray about how God has uniquely gifted you and led you thus far in life in a unique way, how you can use all of that to serve the kingdom. And so um, if that website is freeshapetest.com, freeshapetest.com, if you want to check that out. Um, but I just want you to know this. We love you. We're thankful. It's so good to, to be together today. God has filled this church and his church on earth with gifts. And you are valuable, Christian, whatever age you are. Whatever gifts you have, you are valuable to this body. And I'm excited to see how the Lord uses all of us in ministry in the coming months. Thank you for being here. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time we could gather today. We thank you for your generosity and grace towards us. First, in saving us and being our Savior, our living hope. I pray that those who don't know you would trust in you, Jesus, and see that they can have eternal life. And uh, even when life on earth falls apart, um, while it still hurts, they're they are not entirely devastated because they have hope in you and hope in heaven. Um, please, God, use our, our church family here to be a light and a witness to this community. Help us to be an encouragement to one another as we build each other up in maturity, as we point each other to the gospel and to your word which equips us. We love you, Jesus, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Okay. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for joining us online, and have a great week.